All right. A couple of things from your update right there, Scott, as we welcome you back in here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the show. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Colby Daniels. Uh, Let's go to golf there for just a moment. So it was pretty much confirmed today. I don't want to say confirmed, but we've known that Anthony Kim is coming back. We discussed that last week when the rumors started to come out a little bit later. And there was this big fight potentially for the former Sooner between the PGA and also Liv. Well, it looks like that Liv is the other big winner. They've had quite the offseason with being able to get John Rahm, even though they spend $300 million on John Rahm and then can't get his name right on on one of the broadcasts that they had, which is absolutely fantastic. But it appears, according to Dan Rappaport, that Anthony Kim will make his live golf debut in Saudi Arabia on March 1st. So live will be the winner winner here, potentially paying off that big insurance policy that Anthony Kim took out on himself and uh, adding a guy that's what 38 or 39 now that hasn't played professional golf in a while, but caused such a stir when he broke into the PGA Tour, set the record for the most birdies ever at Augusta. I mean, I don't need to run down the accolades that Anthony Kim was able to accomplish because a lot of people looked at him and said, that is the future. Here's the next great American golfer is Anthony Kim. And he got hurt and never really made an impact and left the game because of that insurance policy. Well, live wins. Uh, the question I have, real quick, is that enough of a signing with golf heads that remember Anthony Kim for just for the spectacle that is to see what he looks like to give Liv a little bit of traction here in the early golf season? Because it seems like it might actually be. On top of uh, Rom. And, On top of Rom. And uh, who was the other one? Was uh, it, yeah, uh, they just got him the other day. Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. Yeah, which is. Pretty good get. I mean, it may not be a giant name for your average fan, but, yeah, that's – yeah, I mean, I, I think that Anthony Kim moves the needle, right? Because I know enough people him, that were like, the were like, hey, you know, I, I just don't have any – there's no reason for me to watch. Why would I want to watch that if you've drawn a line in the sand between your standing on the PGA side? Well, this is one that I think has enough questions about what he's going to look like. Uh, what's been happening the entire time that he's been gone because he was anointed the next big thing. I think there are a lot of people that will be tuning into that, if it is indeed true, live tournament there on March the 1st. So uh, I will probably be right there along with them, wondering, all right, how's the swing looking after all of these years? Uh, and then the other thing there, the Thunder, who play again tomorrow night right here on the uh, – Griffin family of media networks, including News on 6 Now, uh, 6.3 here in Tulsa, and also Cox Channel 53 and KSBI in Oklahoma City. That was a win last night that now has the Thunder in the Season 1 series with the Nuggets at 3-1. Yes, Denver was a bit shorthanded last night, but still, though, a team that has shown signs of fatigue from all the games and minutes that they've played here in the month of January 
pretty big win, a gritty win for them. And now the question instantly turns to, with a week left before the trading deadline, are the Thunder actually going to be active here? Are they going to go out and try to find someone? Is is improving the team with size and also trying to take away some of the responsibility in the minutes that they have on big men, is that priority one for the Thunder in the next week? I think if we've learned anything about Sam Presti since he arrived in OKC, it's that he's he's active behind the scenes, right? Yes. He's going to be searching for the right deal, and just because that doesn't come along doesn't mean that he was sitting on his hands the whole time. It doesn't mean that he didn't want to make a move somewhere. It just means that the right deal wasn't there. And and the other thing we know about Sam Presti is he he he's not going to make a move for the sake of making a move, right? Mm-hmm. Like he'll make a move if he thinks it's the right move, but he's shown in in certain situations to to just sit back and uh, and roll with things the way they are. Uh, if the right deal isn't available, and we've seen in other situations, he's pulled the trigger on a deal that he feels like will get them over the top. So. You know, it takes two teams to, to pull off a trade, right? We all do the NBA trade machine. And just because the trade machine says that it works doesn't mean that the other GM thinks that that is a good deal, right? Uh, it's Everybody wants to, like, get the heist of the century in a trade scenario, and, and then they, they're shocked if, you know, that doesn't happen in real life. Well, that's because the other team wants to get something that they feel like is of value simultaneously. And if you're giving away nothing... Uh, you know, it, it, they, they've got a benefit in some way to say yes on the other side of the equation. But, yeah, Sam Presti is going to try and make a move. And whether that happens or not is, is you know, the part that I think we'll all be curious about. But I, I think that especially with what happened the first time around, you never take one of these years where you have a chance for granted. It Most people have settled on the fact that this is more than likely going to be Poku who gets kind of moved. That's... It, that his name is kind of circled around everyone. Uh, whether that is potentially a move with Chicago for Andre Drummond, um, and then a, a second round pick in twenty five. Uh, there's another scenario that's out there that maybe you look at a team that's been pretty active already, and that's Toronto. What assets that you're looking back in terms of trying to get another big? Do you have to take Dennis Schroeder back, who who played guard for you back in two thousand eighteen uh, for a couple of years there? Uh, who are you having to, to send on um, along with that, including picks, if you're going to make that move there with Toronto? The one thing that we do know is that, to your point on Presti, he's already working behind the scenes. He's typically made moves like this anyway around this point, whether they be just otherworldly in terms of name value or not. He's always been active on this, and with all the assets that they have, with guys that have had minutes and also the future picks that they have, the capital makes this one rather easy for them to go out and make a move this year before the deadline. You would think, right? I mean, they they have enough seemingly, if there's someone they really value, that that they should be able to afford that that sort of asking price. But again, you know, that brings into question, like, you know, where do you draw the line in terms of, of how aggressive you want to be, what type of player you're adding? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think Sam Presti will make the right deal, and if the right deal's not there, then, you know, again, I don't think he just pulls the trigger for the sake of pulling the trigger. And we'll see them again tomorrow night here 
uh, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. We'll give you more details on that coming up here in just a bit. All right, what I really wanted to get into, sorry, Scott, you piqued my interest there on some of the two-minute drill stuff, uh, the announcement. Not only do you get your you-know-what kicked in Manhattan, or excuse me, in Lawrence, but now you lose your best player in Bryce Thompson for Oklahoma State Cowboy basketball. He's going to have surgery, more than likely miss the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, when he fell to the floor the other night, and everyone at that point is thinking, okay, all right, fingers crossed, maybe we're going to get out of here with this just being a bruise, maybe a sprain, you'll have the MRI, but a lot of people had hope that it was going to be okay, and... um, Comes back to town, has that done, and now a torn labrum and a required surgery for Bryce Thompson. So you almost take a double shot. Well, you do take a double shot coming out of the Kansas game for the way that you played and and losing him now for the rest of the year. I, I hate this for Bryce because not only is he great and have ties to his family and a good 918 kid, uh, and to have that happen against your former team and to do this at this time in his career, I I hate that for him personally. And I hate it even more for Oklahoma State basketball because just when you think coming off of a victory that you might have things headed in the right direction, now you take two two uppercuts that put you in a position to where people are looking around again going at, and asking themselves, I don't even want to try to think about what the rest of the season looks like now with their current state. This is uh, this is bad, bad, bad for Oklahoma State basketball. I, I hate this for Bryce Thompson, and it's it's such a bad break. For Oklahoma State, I mean, whether he got hurt or not, things weren't going in the right direction, and you know, I, I don't think this was going to be what anybody would call a successful season at the end of the year, whether Bryce Thompson stays healthy or gets hurt, right? So I, I don't know that I, I view this as, as uh, you know, some some sort of loss that now like puts their season in jeopardy or or alters the plane. I, I would argue though that you have so many young guys on this roster, and he was by far your your best shot maker. You know, I, I think this at some point you have a crossroads with young guys where you have to put more on their plate, and you have to demand more of them. And sometimes they're ready and sometimes they're not. This is kind of a sink or swim type scenario, right? Because now it's not you actively making the choice to, it's out of necessity. You lose your your best bucket getter, and that's going to require more from everyone on the roster. And those young guys are going to have to all collectively take big steps forward. And and again, the season was was going in a certain direction that I don't know I don't know what was going to salvage it, if anything, given the, the you know the number of difficult opponents the rest of the way. But if there is a silver lining, I would suggest that maybe it's it's that now these young guys really have to to, to take more on their shoulders and uh, and take more ownership, right, of of the team and and what happens over the course of forty minutes. Not only was he that though for them offensively, though, and this is why I get about young guys needing to step up and having an opportunity like that, but it's a double whammy for them because Bryce is probably one of their better defenders. And Mike Boyden has openly talked about that. You know, 
matchups when Boynton's comment was when we don't have a bunch of other guys capable of having an impact like that on their team. I mean, there's been times when he has been the best defensive presence for them and guarded the other team's top scorer. So you take away a double shot now from them, and you can sometimes throw too much at young individuals. I'm not saying that one person has to pick up all the slack from Bryce. It has to be a combination of them, but uh, this one could take a little bit longer for that to happen because they have multiple things to focus on, not just one element of his game. Yeah, I mean, look, they they were... And yeah, and they get they're not we world were, beaters. We were predicting they maybe win three games yes. anyway, and that's with Bryce Thompson. So, you know, at some point, you have to; those guys have to do more, uh, whether that's you know with Bryce Thompson in there or just taking on more because he's not there. But either way, I mean, the season was in in such a place where, you know, it's 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 just tough all the way around, and now you know those young guys don't have the veteran to count on as much and. More goes on their shoulders, and like I said, like I, this is a sink or swim type thing now, right? Like, you can you can sometimes try to slowly develop players as much as you want, and sometimes you just have to find out what they have, right? And there, you have no other choice. Like this is now you go, <laughs> and and we'll we'll figure out if there's more in the tank, or you know if if this is going to maybe not be what we anticipated it was going to be. I can already see it now, though. Because this will fall in line, whether or not you want to buy it or believe it or not, but it will get talked into existence. But, you know, I, I felt like that. I can already see it, dude, at the end of the season. You know, I felt like we were turning the corner at one point after we knocked off West Virginia. Yes, we had played a bad game at Kansas, but that's also the game that Bryce got hurt. This falls back into the yeah, but category that we've heard quite a bit with this group for the seven years that he's been coached there. So... Whether it's factual or not, I think we're all in agreement, as you said, that they weren't necessarily going anywhere. But, you know, coaches find ways to use things and speak them into existence about, yeah, but we were shorthanded here and we lost it. Uh, my overall takeaway from this is I hate this for Bryce as much as no anyone, as no one wants to see him have to go through that. All right, well, I, I will laugh at anybody making that argument. That's, <laughs> that's insane. But. Yeah, Bryce is the big loser here, unfortunately, in this in this scenario, and you hate it for the guy, and uh, you know you hope that that things are able to to come out in a positive way at the end of this. I don't even know if it would come from fans. Coaches say some wild things sometimes. No, I know, I know. There. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And I will uh, laugh. <laughs> I hope that that is not the case. All right, it's 4.05. We'll take a tie about uh, here on the Blitz 1170. Reminder, you still have a couple of more days uh, for you to drop off any homemade Valentines that you might have. We've teamed up with Triad Eye Institute and showing a little love to our veterans here on Valentine's Day. Create those homemade Valentines and drop them off at the Triad Eye Institute locations in Tulsa, Muskogee, Bartlesville, Grove, Claremore, Pryor, or McAllister, or right here at the Blitz 117 Studios downtown 303 North Boston before February 4th. You can learn more at theblitztulsa.com slash Valentine. That's Valentine's for Vets from Triad Eye Institute and the Blitz 1170.